0: hear firsthand from members, suppliers, and industry partners nationwide. A casual learning environment for you anywhere. IndieCast by the National Cable Television Cooperative. Welcome to IndyCast, where we talk about the topics and trends that are important to independent cable and broadband providers. I'm Brian Dowell, NCTC's Digital Content Manager, and today we're gonna to talk about planning a device strategy for your app-based pay TV offering. I'm joined by John Radloff, our Vice President of Video Solutions, and Steve Beardsley, our Senior Director of Video and Technology. Welcome, John and Steve.
1: Hey, Brian. Thanks, Brian.
0: Hey, thanks, guys. Listen, I do want to take a quick detour. Before we start talking about our device strategy for your app-based pay TV offering, I thought it'd be good to take a second and just ask you guys to maybe introduce yourselves a little more to our audience. Since you uh, have agreed to sit with me for a series of these podcast episodes, I think it would be good to kind of share a little bit about your background and what brought you to the roles that you have now at NCTC. Does that sound good? Can we do that for a second? Absolutely. Okay, John, we'll start with you, sir. Our, our vice president of video solutions, what does that mean, and, and what are you doing there?
1: Well, uh, it, it <laughs> means I work on video solutions for our members, and, uh, and, uh, and, and basically, you're here here to serve and, and provide guidance and, and help provide opportunities. Background is, um, I grew up in the cable industry. It's the only industry I've ever worked in. Um, started back in 1990 with a small MSO, and uh, have been in it in various roles um, over the years, in marketing roles and new product development roles, um, software development roles. Um, so it's been been a good uh, been a good run, lots of experience with uh, launching new products over the years. and uh, hopefully it's uh, preparing me to uh, provide value to members.
0: Good to hear a little more about you. I didn't know you were a, uh, a lifer, <laughs> a lifer. Yeah, I didn't know you were a lifer. so uh, glad we glad you found NCTC and we found you. Uh, now, Steve, you joined us from um, another member company, CenturyLink. So maybe tell tell our audience a little bit about your background and, and what you're doing in your role as our senior director of video and technology.
2: Sure. So yeah, I work with John for John, um, and we you know spend a lot of time trying to figure out strategies to help uh, evolve our our members' video services and offerings, whether it be OTT services or managed video services um certainly we'll be talking today about app-based streaming services that we're helping members uh, migrate to those types of platforms as you said I, i came from a member company i've worked with the nctc as on the member side for probably 10 or 10 or 11 years before i came here so i was very familiar with the nctc when i had an opportunity to come over here and help other members uh you know continue to uh, continue their business and grow and thrive. Um, I jumped at that chance, so I'm I'm excited to be working at the NCTC and helping members uh, evolve their business and their video strategies. Cool.
0: Well, we're glad you're here too. So, on that point, though, you you were you spent 10 or 11 years, you said, at a member company before joining NCTC. How do you think that maybe helps you or better equips you? in your new role? Well, in a couple of ways. I mean, I had several different roles while I was with
2: CenturyLink, and prior to that Embark and Sprint. So I did a lot of business development, some marketing with them, and then towards mm. the end of my tenure at CenturyLink, I was uh, responsible for video programming and you know the, the video product, basically. Okay. Um, and so I, I kind of understand the challenges, particularly around some of the IPTV providers, um, and, kind of new entrance. At Centralink we were, um, we didn't have a video service when I started. So we actually launched from scratch and built out a meeting room IPTV solution and deployed it to 19 different markets. So I kind of understand the challenges around uh, local programming and retransmission consent and franchises and all the things that the members, particularly new members that are launching to uh, additional areas are going through. Um, And I, I think I kind of understand Um, how members interact with the NCTC and can help kind of improve those interactions and kind of bring that member, that operator perspective.
0: Okay, cool. It sounds like we got uh, decades of experience here just uh, between the two of you guys. So I I think we've... uh got the right team for advanced videos. Let's dive right in and talk about planning a device strategy for an app-based pay TV offering. And I wanna start by actually asking you to define what that means. When we say planning a device strategy in terms of a cable operator, pay TV operator, what does that mean exactly, John?
1: Uh, well, since uh, you brought it up in in the intro, right? Which is app-based pay TV, which means it's an app. It's portable. It can go on multiple kinds of devices. Unlike the legacy kind of video world, where um, it's a proprietary set-top box and the in the application or middleware, the guidance application is built in, um, and so you don't have a lot of choices when it comes to that. Um, and so, with an app-based world, you have a couple different avenues that are open to you. So you can you can pursue kind of a, a traditional Set top box kind of strategy with um, Android class set top boxes where you can have the app downloaded on it, and 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 that's a certainly a way to go. Um, or members can take a look at um, customers bringing their own devices uh, to that uh, to that ecosystem, uh, whether that's a Amazon Fire Stick, uh, whether that's a smart TV, you know, whether that's um, you know an Apple um, TV device. Uh, there there are a host of devices that can be. And activated and run in this app-based world. And so it's really a matter of how the operator intends to provide the offering. And um, a lot of times that that really goes to the types of demographics that you have in your, in your customer footprint, really.
0: I gotcha. Okay. So on that point, you, you mentioned something I think is kind of key to this discussion, and that is, you know, customers can bring any kind of device to watch apps with. If it can have apps installed on it. It could be a video consumption device. And so, then, why would an operator have a device strategy uh, beyond just letting the customers bring their own devices? What are some reasons an operator might need to consider their strategy, given that a customer can just bring whatever?
1: Well, it's 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 interesting because you may want to have some consistency for your for your support staff and your technical staff uh, to be able to have. Um, expertise on some of the devices. So you may not want to open it up and just make it wild Wild West and anything goes. Um, sure. So you may want to have some focus so that you can have good training materials and your staff can become familiar with certain streaming devices that are that work well, um, that are easy to use. maybe that you could you know leverage your NCTC uh, buying power. Uh, as an example that amazon streaming devices the deal we have now with those guys three different streaming devices that um, the members can buy at you know pretty pretty decent discounts that may help you focus your energy and support so that you have good reliable uh, customer service with uh, a set of devices
2: i'll also add that you know different devices have different target markets so you, you certainly have a, a, a group of subscribers as very technically capable and have Rokus and Fire Sticks today and know how to operate those and move about and and consume the content they want to consume. But there's another demographic that really needs more of a traditional cable television experience. They need a remote control with number buttons. Um, they need a back button. They need to be able to have their service um, come up when they turn on the TV so they don't have to go looking for an app to launch. And so some of these managed devices really give that operator um, kind of a, a broad range of solutions to offer to different customers that need different things. The managed boxes also provide the operators the opportunity to have some insights into the home itself and the uh, you know the wireless quality to the to the box, and uh-huh. different analytics and metrics that help them manage that customer and provide better support that might be required for particularly some of the customers that are more used to a traditional cable television experience.
0: Okay, so there's a lot of reasons for an operator not to just leave the customers to bring their own devices. Uh, If if I'm hearing you guys, what I'm hearing is it, it definitely has an impact on customer experience and you can train your staff and develop your staff to support a limited number of devices that you either advocate or recommend to give your customers better quality of service, a better experience on your network. Is that a fair statement to say?
1: Yeah, I think so. At least uh, initially. Obviously, over time, as uh, as your customers become more astute with the app-based world, and your customer service folks have made that transition, and the and the bulk of your subscribers are now on this new ecosystem. I think it becomes easier and easier to kind of understand, you know, apps on multiple streaming devices, and and people sure. have you know, awareness of. Smart Smart TVs and and that sort of thing, but yeah, initially I think um, it's it's probably wise to you know focus and then to to Steve's point, you know really understand your customer base and understand oh, yeah. it's almost like a continuum of of capabilities, right? You've got uh, the young kind of millennial folks that are you know streaming heavy folks, they've got multiple subscriptions to OTT services, that sort of thing. A a Fire Stick's probably going to be just fine for them, or an Apple TV, something that doesn't even have a traditional remote. they're going to be just fine with that and then you go to the opposite end of the spectrum like Steve was mentioning those folks are going to need some help right they're going to want those more traditional remote controls so they can just channel up and channel down and and have a more um, traditional experience and then there's some people that are in the middle right that are like hey uh, you know I know how to launch Netflix and I've got Amazon Prime subscription. So maybe I'm kind of in between. And so uh, having a a a variety of device options to to suit your customers' needs, I think is important.
0: Oh, sure, I, I would agree with that. And I think Steve raises a very good point. I was when you were talking, Steve, I was thinking about my mom. she's seventy six and she has the traditional giant cable box. She has three hundred channels. You know she's never seen Netflix. And so you know she would not be able to just bring her own device or, you know, just immediately transition to an app-based service. She's never known that, and so you, an operator has to account for that very important segment of their their existing customers before they decide to make this change to an app-based model. Yeah, is what I'm hearing. And,
2: and, and in addition, she's going to need a remote that allows her to punch in channel 224 because yes. that's her favorite channel. She's not going to scroll up, and she's not going to understand kind of the favorites and the way that these new uh, platforms help you bubble up the channels that you often go to yep. that works for some people but for other people they they need to be able to punch in the numbers and they're, yes. they're not going to do voice right so there's a demographic that kind of needs this um this solution and and you know the other thing there there is a there there's a business reason also that uh manage set-top boxes can be important and, and that's because some of our members a significant portion of their revenue is on the lease of the set-top box right Uh, so if you have your own set-top box solution and you can deploy that into homes theoretically you can continue that lease relationship with the customers some customers like that lease they'd rather pay three dollars a month than have to own the equipment and be responsible for it if it breaks and so forth so this gives operators options to continue kind of the business models that they and their customers are used to
0: so guys given that as you both have said savvy customers can can bring their devices that you know the the millennials the younger Uh, consumers they already know they can use whatever device they want Uh, but there's some real compelling uh, benefits to an operator having their own device strategy so how does an operator what are some ways that you maybe have seen that operator would drive adoption of their quote-unquote preferred devices how do they how do they market that is it different than because now the device itself becomes a product in a way that a cable box really never was and so how does an operator drive adoption of their preferred devices
1: I think there's a couple ways, you know, um, depending on how um, they're introducing the um, new app-based pay-TV model um, to to customers, they can bundle those devices into a certain level of service, right? So as they're introducing it and saying, "Hey, why don't you try our new..." you know, advanced video solution or whatever they're going to call their new product line, uh, opt in and, you know, sign up for HBO and Cinemax, uh, and we'll give you two, you know, uh, fire sticks. Uh, So you can, you can incent customers to come to the new platform with the devices of your choice. And then once people get used to those devices, they're going to be comfortable with that user experience. So if they want an additional outlet or another TV, they can just simply buy another fire TV device. Uh, that's one, that's one way. Um, there, you know there's other ways as, as well. If, if you're doing you know an in-home install for somebody and it's clear that they're going to be a candidate for a traditional experience, well you just have your your uh, set, your, your new Android setup box and you replace their old setup box uh, with, with the new setup box and say, hey here's here's how it's going to work, right? This is a, a new remote control, but it works pretty much the same as it did before. channel up channel down, you press the guide button, you're good to go. I
0: gotcha, and and that would be maybe an approach to take with those older customers that don't want to have their their experience too disrupted. So you just hey, we're upgrading you. Works just like it always did. All the same channels, all the same content. Now, Steve, you mentioned analytics as the reason that an operator would want to have a device strategy. Can you can you elaborate on that? What kind of analytics, and and how do we use those analytics in, in a in an app based platform? Sure.
2: Um, So it varies by set-top box provider, um, but most of the Android set-top box providers have a remote management solution that they offer with the box. And that that allows both the customer on-prem as well as customer service representatives from the operator to log into the box and see different analytics on what's going on with the box. So is it getting a strong Wi-Fi signal? all the way to the, the customer service rep can actually have a virtual remote and can show the customer how to navigate using the remote and press the buttons for them to see whether the DVR is working or not working. Um, so there, it's just a little bit more connectivity than you would have on a regular consumer streaming device where you're completely blind to whether that device is getting a good signal, whether uh, it's operating as expected. These managed services actually give you a little bit more control. Um, the other thing that they do is they allow you to ensure that the firmware of the device is up to date and that the software load of your app-based TV is the latest release. So oh. occasionally customers will fall out of release, and so they'll be looking for features or functionality that should be there, but they're on a an earlier release of the software. This allows you to just push that out to that box, upgrade it on demand, and get them back to
0: where they need to be. And so that kind of leads to the next question I had for you. Should an operator stick with just one or two simple choices for device strategy, or is it better to give your customers a whole lot of options?
2: Well, I think the reality is is that you will be supporting a whole lot of options, right? Because a lot of consumers already have these devices in their home, whether it's a smart TV or a Roku or an Amazon device, they're there now. And so I think anyone that's deploying an app-based TV solution needs to understand those devices and prepare their customer service reps to support them. But on the other hand, they 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 may want to try to drive certain device SKUs that work best with their application um, further into their footprint. And so having these options available to their customers from the operator helps them to consolidate a little bit into those types of devices and, and maybe makes their lives a little bit easier.
0: Okay. So not necessarily a ton of operator provided options you really just need a couple of good ones that you can it's really it's really
2: up to the operator i i I don't know that there's anything that says that an operator couldn't sell a multitude of devices from their storefront and and offer those to customers um at some point that probably just gets a little bit complex and so um, you you probably end up going with one uh one consumer streaming device like a fire tv that you have a great nctc deal and you can get them for an economical price and one managed set top box that you offer to your customers so you have kind of those two different options for the different demographics that we described but you'll have to support Roku's and Fire TVs and Amazon or, and uh, Apple TVs as well
0: okay so the decision an operator is faced with is what goes in my walled garden and then what am i going to support outside of the walled garden is is what it sounds like there's sort of two levels of engagement with with customer devices
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And then, but the beautiful thing is it's not like the traditional kind of video ecosystem where once you make a technology decision, you're kind of, you're there, right? Until you kind of have to forklift out something and, you know, replace it. So it's, it's not like you're buying into an ecosystem. You can never change your mind in those managed Android setup worlds. Um, you, you can, you know, change over time based on either price in the marketplace or features or functions or something like that. And since they're based on Android, it's a common platform, your app is is pretty portable across those devices. So members are not stuck with a decision that was you know, made you know a year ago. Um, they can they can continue to adapt to the you know latest greatest um, you know uh, managed choices and vendors um, if they're if they're willing to have multiple SKUs or start to retire some SKUs um, and just understand you know the difference in tools and and maybe the the nuances of the platform.
0: And so, a couple of terms have come up as we've been talking that I want to ask you to elaborate on, John. And we've heard them uh, several times just in this conversation. That is Fire TV and managed Android set-top boxes. So let's talk about how does can get them set up. And so let's talk about our Fire TV discount program. And can you just elaborate on what that is and how it would help an operator who's looking at a device strategy for app-based?
1: Um, so we, we we cut a deal with the Amazon team uh, a couple months ago, right around uh, the Winter Education Conference. And we have basically negotiated um, discounts uh, for three different Fire TV devices. They have a standard um, Fire Stick. They've got the 4K k Fire Stick, and then they have the Fire uh, TV Cube, and they're they're at different price points, but they're you know some of the most popular um, streaming Amazon devices and and just streaming devices in in general, uh, and so we've got some pretty good discounts uh, on those, 25% discount on those on the wholesale uh, front, and so in order to take advantage of that, members just need to have an Amazon Business account and then sign up for our. our um, program with them, and then Amazon will apply those discounts directly to that Amazon business account and then they order directly through Amazon. They get you know 500 units shipped or whatever they want, 50 units, there's there you know, a lot of flexibility with how many they want. Um, and then they can bundle those devices in with their video services even um, even with their broadband services. And so gives them an opportunity to help seed the market. Uh, or when they're in-home installing uh, a product and somebody says, oh, well, if I don't have to have a cable outlet in this room because it's Wi-Fi, can I put a device on this TV in here? And and you should be able to support that with an additional Fire TV device.
0: Excellent. Well, it sounds like it's a great opportunity for our members that are looking for a good deal on some really good streaming devices. So uh, if you're listening, I encourage you to uh, check out our Amazon discount program. Uh, you'll find all the information about that program on nctconline.org in our supplier directory. Now let's talk about Android set top box. Steve, you you brought those up a couple times. And so different from Fire Sticks and Fire Cubes, tell us about the Android set top box options that NCTC has for our members.
2: Sure, Brian. So just a few months ago, we uh, negotiated a deal with KON for their KSTB 2020 Android managed set top box. Um so we've negotiated good pricing for our members. Um, that allows them to purchase that and the KURV 2.0 remote control Um, and that can be ordered again through the NCTC online uh, storefront directly from uh, NCTC. We have volume discounts built into that deal so as we continue to drive scale we should see the pricing for that decrease over time Um, and then we're also looking at some other options that members have told us they've Tested and, and are interested in. So we look forward to doing uh, at least one or two more Android set top deals to to inject some co- competitive pressure into the uh, ecosystem.
0: I gotcha. Okay. And so on those K on boxes, those K on Android set top boxes, is that something that the operator can then brand to their? their brand, or is it more like an Amazon Fire Cube or Fire Stick where it's definitely an Amazon product? What's the customer experience on those Android set-top boxes from Kayon?
2: Yeah, so the Kayon boxes can be branded with the operator logo. Um, They're fulfilled by a distributor. You can have your logo on that box and the remote, Um, so it looks like it's a part of your offer to the customer.
0: Well, so we've got two good options then just through NCTC and, and that's, you know, a full lineup of Fire T V products that customers are most likely already familiar with and, and they already have a great reputation. And then we've got some good options for a, a branded Android set top box through K-On. What's the cost for all this? How what what kind of an investment uh, should an operator plan for?
1: Well that's that's Really, part of the value proposition of the IP platforms is that it's a it's a more economical ecosystem. Um, in, in the legacy kind of world, the you know a traditional DVR set top box can be several hundred dollars, you know maybe even approaching three hundred dollars, and and that's the traditional you know spinning disk in the in the set top box world uh, that are kind of prone to failure. Um, on on these devices, they're uh, a much lower cost point. You know, definitely under under $100 uh, for all the devices that we just talked about, and in some cases, way below that on the on the retail, um, you know, streaming device side. So it, it's a much lower cost per home when people uh, when when operators transition folks into you know an an app based uh, approach. If you think about maybe three or four TVs in a, in a customer's home. And if you're talking $300 for a main TV and then, you know, 110 or $125 per set up set box on, on the other TVs, you're you're talking about a healthy investment as where you know, in the app based world with these combinations of devices, you're, you're driving that cost um, dramatically lower.
0: Well, gosh, it just sounds almost like a no brainer. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> sound like there's a downside to uh to having a device strategy to go with your app based offerings. So are there any considerations or or potential risks that an operator should be aware of?
1: One thing to consider is um, that on a true uh, retail streaming device like an Amazon Fire you know, the, the the consumer has to download the the app into the ecosystem. Um, and then um, the user does need to find that app on an ongoing basis. So it's not like a traditional set box experience that Steve described earlier, where you turn on the TV and you're watching live TV and your customers are right in your ecosystem. Uh, they do have to, you know, proactively go into a menu to launch your app in, in order to watch television. You know, it's a, it's a consideration. I don't really consider that a negative because that's the experience that most of our advanced customers are are kind of expecting, right, then that's the value proposition of an app-based approach. You're already on the same device that people are watching Netflix on or Amazon Prime on, and there's no longer any customer gymnastics in order to, you know, go from the uh, traditional video ecosystem, you know, put down their cable remote, pick up their TV remote, press the input button, reach over and get their Amazon Fire Stick remote, and then launch uh, Netflix. So they don't have to do that each time they do that. Now, once your app is on those streaming devices, you're on equal footing with them. Another consideration that operators should think about is whether they wanna to
2: continue to manage inventory of CPE. Um, obviously in an app-based world, that's not required. Um, you can you can tell your, your customers they need to bring their own device and they use their smart TVs and their Roku boxes that are in their home, or they go to Best Buy and they buy them.
0: I had a note here. I wanna ask what about all those set-top boxes? I've heard uh, the term upcycling tossed around, upcycling old devices. Uh, Is that something that's viable for an operator that maybe has a large embedded inventory of cable boxes, traditional cable boxes? What options does that operator have?
2: Yeah, we're starting to see that as a potential uh, strategy for our operators, um, particularly with certain lines of set-top boxes. So as just an example, those operators, that have an embedded base of amino set-top boxes, Uh, Amino has a program where you can upcycle certain SKUs of their Amino traditional set-top boxes to support app-based streaming. That's really pretty compelling, right? If you've got a base of a couple thousand or tens of thousands of set-top boxes in the field, uh, you don't want to abandon that investment. So if you can reflash those boxes to run your app-based service, um, that's a huge advantage and it really helps expedite the migration from your kind of traditional legacy platform over to this next gen app based platform that you're trying to deploy.
1: Oh wow. And and it's a significant investment on a on a legacy setup box manufacturer to, you know, create that ecosystem. So it's not something that's gonna be open for everybody.
0: Sure, that makes sense. But meanwhile, we've got some good options that are open for everybody. We've got Fire TV. We've got KON Android set-top boxes, both available through NCTC, both available right now. Well, I want to thank you both. This has been a great, a very interesting conversation. I've learned a lot about set-top boxes and device strategy. If you want to know more about NCTC, visit nctconline.org. You can also call us at 800-888-6282, and we'll be glad to talk to you. Steve, John, thank you both very much. I appreciate you coming in and talking to us today.
1: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks for listening. Find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, or by visiting nctconline.org. IndieCast by the National Cable Television Cooperative.